Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to episode 19 of Secondary Fermentation presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. This is Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host... Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, your voice has changed this, this uh, week. I thought I was introduced to Lauren. I thought that was Oh, yeah. and then here we have Nick. <laughs> oh, hey, Nick. Wow. Didn't see you there. <laughs> I was hiding behind Joe. Oh, he, yeah. She's wondering why we were recording it just us two. <laughs> oh, but welcome back, everybody. Um, it's a new week, you know, another day, new beers. Did you guys have any good beers lately? Oh, yeah. You haven't had anything, Lauren? Shaking no. your head no? I had some wine lately. Oh, switching it up. Your dusty wine that you sat in your decanter so that it could decant <laughs> but it got a little dusty on top didn't it hey there might not be the a little dust on the bottle though. but don't let that fool you <laughs> there might that be a little dust inside. on the wine <laughs> there might be dust in the wine <laughs> no that's our decanter thing is like this cool shaped bulbous thing but it still has an opening at the top so all i can just think about oh, is like nice. when the dogs run by their hair flying and into it okay well did you find any hair in your glass when you consumed the rest of it last night no. Exactly. Because you already drank it all. A nice wine decanter. Decanted. That's fancy. Don't admit that I drank wine on the beer podcast. I, I had some beer. Um, <laughs> went to the Rocky Mountain Mills Ooh. and uh, did a little tour of the mills there. We have uh, Hot Fly, Mythic Brewing, which I hadn't been to Mythic Brewing's taproom before. That was pretty cool. Um, it's Yeah, I'm not kinda, either. Kind of small, but they have a few little tables and you're right up against the uh, the fermenters and... Is that right um, adjacent to Hopfly? It like, is. Yeah. If you if you're familiar, um, in Rocky Mountain, the Rocky Mountain Mills district or area, they have uh, a few different breweries and tap rooms there. Hopfly has their tap room and their canning facility there, and in that same uh, building stretch, there's uh, Mythic Brewing. Uh, they brew yeah just adjacent to Hopfly, and then we've got the Goat Island Bottle Shop. And tap room there. Mm, yeah, I forgot about that place. Tarboro West, Tarboro mm-hmm. Brewing Company West is there. They've got a, a food menu as well. And then, of course, Koi Pond, uh, which, uh, speaking of which, I've got one in a can here today to crack for us. Ooh. Cracking a beer. Cracking of a beer. Yeah, so Jen and I stopped by the, we actually didn't stay for a beer at Koi Pond, but took a four pack to go. And I noticed they still had a Mertzen. A Mertzen, huh? so I was a big fan oh. of Mertzen's. You guys may know it's a little wet still, but uh, it's going to crack this I don't know. Beer. You could say it's either late or early. Oh, that's true. Because it's a Mertzen. So March, March beer. beer. That's a translation. Ooh, that was a nice crack. Crack. So kind of a... ASMR podcast. We're going to change this to an ASMR podcast. All right, Nick is not pouring a beer. He's handing it over. <laughs> Smacking your lips. I don't know if I'd want to listen to that. Mmm. Drippy. Kind of going back uh, in time a bit <laughs> Now, you know, we, I, we may have talked about it before, how to evaluate if your glassware is clean or not. These glasses have been sitting upstairs and... I did a rinse rinse. You did? Oh, jeez. Yeah. This glass is just peppered with foam along the sides. Right. Oh, yeah, yours just is give it a tap AKA or two. flavor crystals. Give it a tap or two. You talk about some dust in your beverage. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you smack the bottom of it, it doesn't look as bad, but it's still coated. I rinsed them out. I didn't clean them right now. No. It's a good lesson to be learned, though. Yes. Even those that are familiar with the process, sometimes we don't get them. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, still yeah. This looks a like a beer. looks like a Meriton. It's a nice uh, 
light amber color, almost bordering like burnt orange. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good bit of foam on top, for me anyway. Uh, yours looks like it's dying down, Lauren. Oh, you're swirling it. Give it a little swirl. Yeah, I'm curious. Is it, I wonder when this was canned. Does it have a date on the canning thing? Uh, I tried to look earlier. Um, I didn't find a. Anything on the bottom? Date. The butt. The butt of the can. No. The can butt. No, um, the, butt. the can butt. Yeah, I don't see a canning date. I have to imagine this is probably canned somewhere September, October. Just yeah, that that makes sense. But um. Yeah, I mean Merton's. Uh, wait, remind me. Is it Merton because you drink it in March or because you make it in March? Traditionally, it was that the Merton was brewed in March and then it was yes, and then it, lagered until yeah, you know, September, October. They stuck them in caves all summer because it was too hot to brew. Using up the last of your you know, brew ingredients and stuff. Yeah. But now it's, I you know, the process of bringing Merton is much faster. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, we have uh, air conditioning, refrigeration, you know, the magic of technology. Technology. Well, we we have, have technology. We have those things? We do. What? I don't know why you insist on using an icebox. We have to go to the lake and gather ice every year. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't even be possible here. So what do people do in North Carolina before f- fridges? Just have warm Put stuff all the time? Mm. Salt. Salt. Pres- yeah, salt, salt and smoking. Burning. Well, and some of them would build their like underground cellars uh, yeah. for meats and stuff. Uh, Meat cellar. Meat. Great band. Meat cellar. <laughs> Our weekly you didn't think that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no. Our weekly band uh, name comes up, Meat Seller, this week. Um, yeah, this is nice. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the... I, I do enjoy a good IPA, but this is one of my favorite beers if I'm going for something malty. Most yeah, malty, tea. sweet. Oh, yeah. And slightly hoppy. Like, yeah. Not like a ton, but... A little bit of floral hop sometimes, man. A little bittering... It's it's nice. Maybe it's touch a touch of spice even. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Meritsons are nice. Fest beers, Meritsons, really look forward to those in the fall. And you know, this one's actually held up pretty well since it was you know, it's a relatively mm-hmm. older beer. Does it taste off to you? No. But let's not knock things that are older. <laughs> <laughs> a cautionary tale. Yeah. Someone say oxidize. Some things get better with age. Like wet cardboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a flavor oxidation flavor but oh. this doesn't really just dis- display any of these i thought you were saying white cardboard gets better with age <laughs> no no like, i'm not quite sure ah, yes a nice aged wet cardboard Yum. brilliant mm-hmm. so this is a uh, this is named reuben and sharice after uh, i just had to look this up it's a song by jerry garcia band apparently the ice cream flavor <laughs> it's a cherry garcia Chow- yeah. uh, the story of reuben and sharice is one many years old see many years old many. it's a story of jubilee love and sadness all in one tale jubilee there's a word that does not get used frequently enough I'm gonna let's have a that. jubilee <laughs> diamond jubilee jubilee yeah this traditional festive merton is malty and brings togetherness as the countryside is set ablaze by beautiful dying color Ooh. What beautiful, beautiful language. I went from Juliet. Yeah, who wrote this? I'm really impressed by this. Jubilee and Countryside is set ablaze. Love it. Oh. Our buddy Tosh from, uh, that works at Casita, he had this in November when it came out at the Rocky Mount Beer Fest, which oh. we didn't make it to. Uh, no, we didn't make it to. We definitely have to 
next year. That's right. We'll be in the lookout. So, yeah. Shout out Koi Pound. Nice little merits in here. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of beer fest, actually, there was one yesterday that was semi-local. Well, oh, wait. Was that the rare beer? Yeah, it was like rare and vintage beer one. Mm-hmm. We couldn't make it, but I saw it would have been cool. I saw some in like the Facebook group for the Raleigh Beer Friends or whatever. They um, Some people were posting some stuff there. It looked pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Next year, we'll have to... Yeah, a bit on the pricier side of uh, beer festivals, mm-hmm. but worth it because you're getting some rare beers. Oh, yeah. And there's a variety of packages and things that you could, you know, as there packages. usually is. Packages. Brown paper packages. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. You know, Koi Pond's a cool spot. I haven't been there in a minute. Yeah. Me neither. I haven't been to that area in a bit. We should go. It was a bit cold. Oh, that was the only downside to it. But you can walk, oh, yeah. you can park in the lot yeah, and walk yeah. around everywhere, so it makes it a little bit convenient if you're trying to do a little, little brewery hopping. Yeah, Koi Pond's in in a, in like an old house, too, in the mills, mm-hmm. and it's got like some nice little rooms. They have those tiny water. homes over there as well, mm-hmm. so if you wanted to make a... Tiny. Stay in the tiny homes. They're staying in a tiny home over there. Yeah, I overheard somebody yesterday saying they were staying in one of the tiny homes, so mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we'll check that out this summer. Tiny, That'd be fun. They're tiny homes for us tiny people. <laughs> for tiny, you have to be a tiny person. We are so tiny. We're I probably so t- won't fit. <laughs> it's okay, you can sleep outside. <laughs> nice, nice. You know, mm-hmm. Lauren probably is, is drinking this beer. You you may have given it some sort of aromatic evaluation. You may have sniffed it of some sort. I you sniffed know? it a time or two. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, by the title of the podcast, you probably... Uh, figured out this is a continuation of our beer evaluation mini-series. This time we're focusing, though, on aroma. And unlike the overall impression, this one's a lot more... There's a lot more, uh, I guess, technicality or, I guess, glossary of terms required, you know, to do a, a proper aromatic evaluation. And by that, we just mean smelling the beer. And being able to convey what you're smelling, I guess, and, and knowing what it comes from where. So, aroma, you know, a very important part of beer and not something that goes unnoticed. You know, it's usually the first thing that we get other than actually looking at the beer. Mm-hmm. And it tells us a nice story. A nice story. It's, it's funny, too. When I think about smells of beer, I just also think about, like, my first interaction with people. Where is this going? It's, where it's is like it? a first impression. So if you uh, you're like a dog sniffing another dog. No, well I don't like actively oh, like. But if you stanky, like mm, my first impression of you is going to be like, uh, I don't know about if you. you stanky. Yeah. yeah, but if you smell good, I'm like, oh, okay. Let me let me take another sip. I guess that's true. I mean, take another. <laughs> what? You're a tall drink of water. <laughs> this is really interesting. Uh, you know, it is true. If somebody like just really just like smells bad, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's there's a acceptable times for it, you know, right? Okay, yeah. they just came from the gym. They're all sweaty. Maybe yeah. they should reevaluate going out in public after that. But I mean, that's like okay, you just ran or something, yeah. you know. You you can smell bad. Uh, but if it's at work and they show up and you're like. You have a noticeable odor that I can detect from six feet away. That's an issue. It that's threw my that's mask. something. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah. Yes, now it's the mask task test. Yeah, if you make it through somebody's mask, then you're really, really stinky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite parts of actually tasting a beer is giving it the old smell. I don't, I don't hardly 
get a beer anymore without trying to take a smell. The only exception is if I have it out of a can. It's a yeah. lot harder to have a can or a bottle. Mm-hmm. It's not the right uh, vessel, I guess, for that. So, yeah, which is kind of one of the first parts about, you know, yeah. the evaluation is you got to have it in a glass and then the right type of glass for that beer to accentuate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and it's weird to talk about how to smell something or how to <laughs> smell a beer. Like, you know, what's the proper way? Lauren's wafting it towards her nostrils. <laughs> you know, that's... I feel like that's something they taught you in chemistry is they want you to waft yeah. things so that way you're not sticking your nose and burning and your nostrils out. Yeah. Who needs nose hairs? But uh, with beer, you can usually rest assured that it's safe to smell. Uh, but there's there's some things that you want to do when you're smelling the beer. One, like Nick said, is put it into a glass, an open vessel. Or if you've got one of those fancy like can top removers, you can do that too. In a that, that, that draft oh, yeah. top thing. They never work out that well. There, I think there's a pretty uh, good technique required with it. And mm-hmm. I always would end up with like aluminum shavings in my <laughs> beer. So, Less than ideal. You know, I just need a little aluminum supplementation in my diet. So with beer sniffing them, um, <laughs> 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 like, do you sniff, actively sniff with your nose? I feel like that's a, before we go on, I feel like that that's like a PSA. It's like, has your kid been sniffing beer? <laughs> I saw little Jimmy out back in the parking lot huffing glue and beer he wasn't drinking it he was just he just was aggressively sniffing (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting do you actively sniff with your nose part parts yeah yeah i mean like so i don't know there's there's techniques and there's videos online there's the drive-by smell where you kind of just wave yeah you said you drive you get in your car and you drive past the brewery and if it smells good then you know it but where you kind of just like pass it along your nose. Because what you're trying to do, basically smelling is reaction of volatile compounds on your olfactory receptors. So how do you do that? One, you have to come in contact with it. So if you're doing that drive-by sniff, you're getting the most volatile of those compounds. So mm-hmm. the things that are released the farthest away. And you may not detect if they're overwhelmed by other things. So you can kind of pass the glass past your nose. Not something I employ often because you look like a total douche <laughs> if you're out in public and you're just like. And how does that differ from your normal? Look? Oh. <laughs> wow, that was snap. brutal. Just kidding. Oh snap! Jab. That's true. I guess yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The drive-by. And the drive-by then... is a good one. It's yeah, like you said, it's something less employed, I think, than others. Um, but some other techniques. I mean, we've. We actually did a uh, a blog post a while back, uh, kind of early in our days oh, yeah. of uh, East Carolina beer and brewing at our website, eastcarolinabeer.com, um, about tasting a beer and about uh, pouring and all that stuff. Part of that uh, noted how to uh, employ different techniques to evaluate the aroma. One that I like to do a lot if I'm having trouble um, picking up different aromas is to uh, swirl the beer a little bit mm-hmm. and let some of those... Um, compounds sort of elevate and lift the carbonation will help kind of raise those to the top of the glass um, you can also do a variation of that where you cover it with your hand swirl it then go in for a sniff by that it, it kind of traps everything at the mm-hmm. head of the glass and then you're getting a, a big burst of aroma there yeah and that's really i mean where the importance of glassware comes in too you know you we're drinking this right now out of shaker pints which is usually something we're not using very commonly but this beer is relatively aromatic so we can get it pretty Mm -hmm. easily but if you're having a hard time smelling your beer 
try try doing it in a different glass. You know, like a tulip glass has a wide base to increase some of that evaporation of those volatile compounds, and then it tapers in up, so it grabs all the aromas and kind of shoves them in your face. So there's that. So you can do your drive-by. You can take your deep sniff in the glass, a deep inhale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you get the, the retronasal olfaction. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good way to uh, incorporate the smell and the taste. Because those two are really, um, they work in tandem. I mean, if your smell is impacted, it really affects your taste too. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think having the smell first, it's important, I think, to note some aromas before you take your first sip. Because um, they say once you take a, you know, your first taste of the beer. You're kind of. Yeah, you can't really go back and, and blindly smell it because you're already having those, um, mm-hmm. those compounds have delivered some kind of, um, some notes to your brain so yeah i've never actually tried it but they always say like just try plugging your nose and taking a sip of something hmm. and then it's supposed to mute the flavors that you get let's see lauren's gonna try it for us you know live test <laughs> is it less flavorful oh, it does taste different <laughs> Why do you still have your nose face? <laughs> it does right yeah yeah it's weird but then once i unplugged my nose then there's like it's a recirculation. Yeah. yeah, that's your retronasal. After you take a sip, you have a little bit of warming in your palate, and then you kind of breathe it out your nose, and you get an extra boost oh. of flavor. It's so, interesting to sniffing beer this way because if you um, go to like a wine tasting and stuff, you're not supposed to like sniff directly with your nose. You're supposed to just like stick your nose in and then inhale through your mouth. Oh, it's really? like a passive inhalation process. Really? Indirect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Is that why you're asking us if we yeah. sniff with our nose? Yes, that was uh, that was my question. That was your question. That makes, interesting. makes sense. Yeah, this, you want to shove your nose right in the glass. And that's where some glasses, like being able to actually, we've had this before where we've drank a beer that's really full and you can't get a good smell out of it first because it's so full. And then once the glass uh, starts to get a little empty and you have to tilt it back further, your nose kind of naturally dips into the glass as you drink and you mm-hmm. get a lot more direct contact. Or sometimes you end up with a wet nose. <laughs> <laughs> more often than not, I get, get a little bit nose. of that foam on my, my nose when I go in for the first first smell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, technique obviously is important, but, uh, you know, another factor about uh, evaluating the aroma is uh, the beer's temperature. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, what, do you, uh, what advice do you have about that, Joe? Well, you want it to be just right. Just like Goldilocks. Just like, yeah. You know, like most... my keg temperature that's set to 38 degrees Celsius. I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, nice. Yeah, so you get a beer from your draft system, which are usually set to 38 degrees Fahrenheit, unless oh, you crap. have a problem. Fahrenheit. <laughs> Did you say Celsius? Almost. <laughs> Maybe next week. I knew the number you was 38. Like 38 degrees Celsius. <laughs> It's like body temperature. <laughs> I know. Mm. Like a Let me warm up my beer in the microwave for a little bit. Okay. That's, that's some drink these days, temp, so. I'm going to remember the full. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yes. 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That makes more um, sense. Which, the cold can blunt some of those temperatures. Or temperatures, gosh. The cold can blunt <laughs> some of those aromas. Correct. I was trying to think in my mind. I was thinking about the reason for that. And I guess you could think about volatility of compounds. They're less volatile if yeah. it's colder. That's I like thinking about it in a scientific manner. Because yeah. what's volatility? Volatility is its propensity to 
spontaneously evaporate or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Where we think of like volatility as like explosions, but that's (laughs) combustibility. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, if it's cold, you can't smell it, you know, if you think about that. Like Um, ice. Ice should not have a scent. If well, it's water ice, anyway. If your ice smells, there's something wrong. Check your water. Yeah. Check your water. Wait, I'm confused. What does that have to do with the point of you can't smell things if it's cold? <laughs> that I guess that more is. <laughs> but it's so cold that it doesn't have a smell. It's so cold it doesn't have a smell. But then it well, warms up and it still doesn't. <laughs> I guess it's true about like you get a nice cold like Budweiser and mm-hmm. a, a Pilsner. Because I think... Uh, with those beers, I mean, they, they sort of, that's an example of a beer that you want to have at the colder end of the temperature spectrum uh, to maintain what would be the, the intended uh, aroma and, and flavor. Oh, uh, yeah. If it gets warmer, uh, some of those volatiles are not as pleasant. Uh, plus, you run into other factors there. Whereas, like, an Imperial Stout or, uh, you know, some of the things you get in Bombers, um, they might be... Recommended at a higher temperature than yeah. what is normal uh, or standard, I guess. So, which is always really nice when the can or the bottle kind of recommends a, a drink temperature. temperature. For you. It's just yeah. harder to regulate because you can't really change your fridge just for a, a single beer. So, yeah, sometimes it's better to uh, to pour it and then to and let it warm up a little bit. Glass, yeah. Unless you just had a lot of mini fridges for all the various styles of beer and that you have Could. set to each one yes that That's... seems like a not very economical option i mean i don't want to pay the electricity for it but i'm just saying <laughs> if money was an issue <laughs> if money was not an option would be pretty ideal oh Actually, yes i like where your head's at yes this yeah, is my, did, wait, my amber I... <laughs> fridge <laughs> oh sorry let me bring this over to the ipa fridge <laughs> well you know they wine fridges where you can actually have um, temperature zones temperatures. yeah oh fancy but you're like what and you'll read because those should be served at different, different temperatures. temperatures yeah are there some reds that need to be chilled or is it more um i think most reds i've had are more your preference time. you can chill it but okay. most of the time it's served at room temperature that makes it pretty easy what about frozen those should be not served at room temperature <laughs> then they're no longer frozen no i said should you freeze them should you? Wine sickles. I don't know. I've never frozen wine. I feel like you'd have to do something extra for it. Dilute it a little bit. Um, typically you make those more concentrate, don't you? Well, if it has higher sugars and higher alcohol, it'd be harder to freeze. Hmm. I don't know. I've never thought about it. Yeah. Well, I'll put that to the test. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Exactly. Um... But yeah, we got a little off topic on there. But yes, temperature is <laughs> temperature is important because it can either mute your response, you know, your smells or, or some things. And mm-hmm. what did we have last week that we said it was too cold? Remember that? A lot last week, the week before, maybe. Oh, I think it was when we had a uh, some stout, but it had a... a muted scent. Yeah. Was it the Yeti? It might have been yeah. the Yeti. Yeah, because the fridge out there is blisteringly cold, really cold no matter what i set because it's out it's, in the, so it's cold in the garage um it's chill oh, it's chill Mike. yeah it's just a chill fridge dude it's just oh, chill. oh sick chill. this fridge is chill. so chill okay um but yeah just need to have the right temperature for the right style which usually is going to be somewhere around 40 some odd degrees yeah when in doubt you know start start with a little bit of a cooler temp and then if it needs to come up a little bit that's 
easier than to get a beer too warm and have to reach it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when we're talking about, uh, you know, aromas, there's specific aromas that are imparted by specific ingredients. And this is one thing that I feel like the Cicerone beer server exam, you know, kind of focused on for this was like, where do these certain aromas come from and flavors too. But since we're talking aromas today, we'll stick strictly with that. But you, you know, you have your ingredients of beer. What are the ingredients of beer, Lauren? She's got it. Water. Okay. Yes. Barley. Okay. Malts of some variety, uh, but yes. Hops. Okay. Sugar. No. No. <laughs> what What's the... Um, yeah, what, what are you forgetting about? That makes the alcohol... Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeast. <laughs> yes, so you have those. So usually water, unless you have weird ice cubes, like you were saying, doesn't impart a ton of flavor, but it can impact things like mouthfeel and nutritional content for the yeast within mineral content and stuff mm-hmm. but so usually we're talking about flavors and aromas that are comprised of the malt the hops or the yeast malt hops yeast yeah so what do you think about when you think about malt aromas bread yeah i was walking down the hall today at the hospital and literally <laughs> it smelled like someone made fresh baked bread oh amazing but it just Where? hit me in the nose it was um, was it near the cafeteria yeah. <laughs> okay. yes okay <laughs> i was gonna be concerned if it was not near the cafeteria yeah, I was on, the, on my way but it was like a very bready smell and i think that's very distinct so yeah it's easy to kind of pick up on fresh baked bread yeah or some like some like bread crust or like toast mm-hmm. toast is another <laughs> one so you can bread. have like raw dough as flavors yeah. as well that's more like pale beers i guess i think about it you know you think about the the beer the darker it is usually the more cooked the level of bread you're getting mm-hmm. biscuit cracker toasty cereal. waffles cereal yeah cereal's a good one waffles <laughs> oh you just <laughs> get a waffle stuff you know. yeah you, you kind of get like your grainy flavors and, and all of the ones we just listed and also some some nice like sweet flavor, mm-hmm. um, caramel, nutty. Uh, those are all um, molasses. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, seems some like chocolate. Sometimes is an adjunct flavor, but um, some like toasty, kind of darker malts can impart sort of like a c- cacao flavor. Yeah, cacao. Um, then you get like coffee, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just sometimes char. Which I guess they was written. I was doing a little reading about this before. Like some of those um, burnt flavors and like astringent bitterness from that are more phenolic compounds, but they're still derived from the malt. Mm-hmm. But usually, when you're thinking about phenols, you're thinking about yeast. Yeast, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you think about the base of the beer, it's going to be your malt bill, and that provides the sugars that the yeast feed on. So you weren't too far off there. Is sugar in there but did we have to add sugar to something we made i sure remember like that was when we bottled because uh... you need to add priming sugar to carbonate it in okay the bottles. that's what i was thinking yeah, yeah. but now we have a keg uh, so. that's those days are in the past they're in the past now because we just stick some co2 into the beer and let it dissolve oh yeah oh yeah yeah you just mentioned uh phenols and, and yeast so yeah i mean Yeast is obviously another big part of uh, aroma, and it doesn't always stand out as much as like hops and malt, but uh, certain styles definitely represent 
yeast a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have very uh, distinct aromas there, too, and flavor. Um, like Lauren's favorite kind of beers. <laughs> yeah, nice. If I some nice my... Belgian beers. They're not my favorite. Yeah. Like Why don't, what don't you like about them? The banana esters. Yeah, so you don't like the estery, fruity flavors yeah. from the yeast. Yeah, I don't like them. I consistently don't like them. Yeah, you do. It's you are consistent, consistent about that. <laughs> but do you like any of the other kind of like fruity estery flavors or aromas besides banana? I mean, what about the old apples and pears? I mean, I'll eat an apple. Like or you're walking a pear. up the old apples and pears. Apples and pears. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, that stuff you should know podcast, and they talked about one of the episodes on Cockney rhyming slang, <laughs> and they were talking about the origin of like, oh gosh, going up, you know, like because that's like part of that. It's like. You went up the old apples and pears instead of going up the stairs. What, what type of beer has those esters? Just other yeast. F- yeah, I think, I, yeah, you mentioned Belgian styles mm-hmm. in particular. I think really um, have a pronounced yeast flavor and smell. Um, usually yeast is a little bit more muted in, in other, other styles, but... Uh, some like uh, like saisons and stuff, you get some kind of like funk in there, mm-hmm. uh, which is another aspect of yeast besides esters. You get some of the the phenols and like the spice character too in there. Oh yeah, um, and actually with like going back to Hefeweizen, you get the the banana estery flavor, but also you can get some kind of um, some like spice too, like almost like banana bread, some like kind of yeah. spicy clove. Uh, clove, yeah. And those are all phenols. That's another mm-hmm. um, category that kind of um, under the arts got spice and clove and uh things like that under that umbrella so yeah so esters phenols and then the other thing that yeast does is alcohol and alcohol you know we can talk about warming booziness which is kind of like the fusel alcohol kind of stuff and then there's also a sweetness that's sometimes imparted by alcohol you know you ever like been smelling a real boozy stout or something and it's almost like an alcoholic type sweetness yep. on there it's like a it's a unique sweetness i feel like it's not like it's always like hmm that's like an alcoholic kind of a sweet yeah you know what it's different than like when you're taking a sniff of uh say like 120 proof bourbon or yeah something like that. yeah that, that alcohol hits is, is more of a sharp uh mm-hmm. kind of astringent smell whereas the sweet alcohol that you can get from from yeast is it's more pleasant on the nose yeah pleasant but yeah so there's a whole bunch of different flavor characteristics that can come from yeast as well and and i feel like in a lot of american style beers it's played down so we don't really think about that when we think about beer you know you're talking about like american light lagers yeah you know their whole thing is serve them cold they're supposed to be clean and crisp not a ton of flavor but just supposed to be really like refreshing and cold oh, yeah. and then we think about ipas you know we're not really thinking about yeast character but what are you thinking about with ipas hops yeah 100 p 100 yeah the happy the better <clears throat> yeah and, and some people i feel like if you asked them like what does beer smell like that would be the thing that they talk about is the hops you know every beer's got it but it's either are they using it just for bittering or are they using them for aroma as well? And then, you know, hops can provide all sorts of different aromas. You know, you have the American hop varieties, which are the piney, the resinous, the citrusy. Got some 
you know, German style ones. Yeah. I feel like we don't encounter those that often unless you're drinking a lot of lagers. Lagers. Which, yeah, I think kind of maybe is like, do you think of some of these like Mertzens and like Fest beers? Um, they're hop character. It's there, but it's not, yeah, like the pioneer resinous American hops. It's more of that kind of like spice character. You get a little bit of like floral notes. Um, you know, it, I think it kind of, they, they balance better with. Or they, they blend in better with the malt versus kind of the American hop varieties. You get a balance more of like resinous or like juicy hops versus your, um, you know, kind of like bready or cereal malt flavor. So it kind of creates this medley versus, mm-hmm. I think, in a lot of the German style or like old world hops, those kind of, they kind of just more complement each other. And they don't, um, they're not like, well, I guess complementary is also can be opposite, like. No, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say is, um, they they work more as a in tandem, I think, to create a a profile versus having different flavors that work well together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you don't really think about them much, but like earthy and woody hop aromas. Like I can't even really think about what that's like because it's not as much of a distinct aroma as it is just an interplay with everything, you know. When did you think of the last time you had a beer that you would say is like is woody? Mm. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. What if I said when was the last time you had a uh, stone fruit juice bomb? You're the like that night. can be distinct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Recently, one because of the popularity, but two because it's just such a like this is hops basically. Yeah, I typically also don't drink things that smell like wood. <laughs> well it's not like you're smelling a two by four yeah i think hot, like woody can be a lot in like going back to like bourbons and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh sometimes you get those imparted wood flavor too just from not from hops but from uh barrel aging and beers but uh as far as a uh, an imparted aroma uh definitely harder to come across from or to, to find oh, yeah. a style these days um yeah, and if we actually, uh, I was going to mention, we, uh, if, you, if you're interested in learning more about some, some hot varieties, we have an episode from October, episode oh, yeah. six. Uh, is this a bit too hoppy? So oh, yeah. feel free to go back and check six. that out, too. We had a, a whole segment, a whole episode about uh, hops and all different uh, discussions. So Our coniferous little friends. Coniferous. They grow on binds. Binds. Hop binds. Amanda binds. Amanda binds. <laughs> Manda, 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 Manda. Show! <laughs> that show was nuts. <laughs> the was, oh gosh, it was absolutely insane. I feel like late 90s, early 2000s Nickelodeon was like, what's going on here? Green monkeys. Oh, the silver snakes. Silver snakes. What was the Blue pump? barracudas. Blue barracudas, yeah. What was the red one? It was, a, it was like, <clears throat> the red, oh gosh. What was the red one? What was the red one? I'm sorry, I have no idea what you are talking about. You don't know Legends of the Hidden Temple? Temple? What? Was that for the, the game show? Yes. And they would purple. do... Purple parrots. There was that purple, was, okay. And there's, there's orange too. It was like orange iguanas. There was a lot more. I only remembered four. I think we got... Wow. I used to want to be on one of those shows. First episode. Red Jaguars. Oh. Jag- yeah, Red Jaguars. Wow. Yeah, Purple Parrots, Blue Barracudas, Orange Iguanas, Red Jaguars, Silver Snakes, and Green Monkeys. Silver Snake? 
just sneaky yeah, silver snake. snake. I always wanted to be on that show. It looked like a blast. It did, yeah. Because they always would, uh, they always would wear like those like cool gold helmets. They were mm. like, uh, that's what all the cool like inline skaters, oh like, yeah, yeah. Uh, skateboarders would wear. Oh man, inline skating. Yeah, remember there's like movies about that. It was oh, like Brink. Oh yeah, oh, that was a good Disney cool. movie too. Um, but yes, off topic again. <laughs> again. But yeah, uh, aromas. And there's intended aromas and there's some not intended aromas. You know, we're talking about our friend Wet Cardboard and how it ages so well. <laughs> but that's a, a smell and a, a aroma that comes from oxidation, which is not a good thing. Beer and oxygen aren't friends. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, not everybody can get mm-hmm. along. <clears throat> what other smells can you think of that are not so pleasant, Lauren? Skunky. Yeah. Ooh. Don't like. Yeah. What? What's skunky? Nobody. It's from your old light struck friends. Yeah. So you get some sulfur. I can sneak up on you the skunky aroma. Diacetyl. That's a fun one. Yeah. That one's from butterscotch butter movie theater butter. Which in theory doesn't sound like it'd be bad, but it's uh, not, not good for your beer. Remember that time we were out having a beer somewhere and. We're like, oh snap, this is an example of diacetyl, which is usually because of not clean beer lines. What was that at Still Life that y'all got? Don't want to talk about that high line. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't that one. That was just like, I think that one was everything. Uh, Infection, oxidation, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think... What we learned from our <clears throat> Cicerone certified beer server <laughs> exam, uh, you know, when you're storing beers and uh, serving them, you've got to keep them at the right temperature. You've got to keep your your system clean and uh, make sure you rotate your inventory too. Yeah. So don't be afraid to throw away bad beer. Yeah, it's a shame to but throw I don't it out. Waste it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can drink all the bad beer then. For Never free. Mind. Never mind. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, the aromatic evaluation can tell you the good things. It can tell you the the general style of the beer. I mean, last week, right, the, Lauren gave us her Elsie pick, and I was like, oh, this is a juicy IPA just from smelling it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we were there. We were it's already done. We're Boom. off to the races. We were. And then one time we were like, was this beer old? Remember that? We had that 10W40? We did. We could smell that it was old. I was like, no. This isn't, this isn't old. This isn't, it didn't expire. So you can also prevent yourself from a a nasty swig by maybe taking a smell Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. finding out, hey, something smells off. Something is done. I'm not going to think this is palatable. It's like a litmus test. Oh, yes. That's a good (laughs) (laughs) Smells good. Smells good. For your beer. All right, all smells good to go in here. Elsie, it looks like you're reaching for your pick here. You're yep. smelling the closed can, that which is encased in the very tall koozie. Yep. So it must mean it is time, time for Are you checking the date on the bottom of that can? pick of the week. Elsie's <laughs> pick of the week. Yeah, all right. Assume your positions. Oh, good. I don't know position. Do I have to lay on the floor? <laughs> yeah. All right, time to put all of these aromatic evaluation... To the test. Notes... To the test. We've, uh, we're about to practice what we preach. Talking the talk, and now we're going to try to walk the walk. Talk the talk, now we're Jonas Sock. What? Ooh, nice run. 
vaccines. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you. Ooh, that's some good pouring. Mmm. Okay. So off the bat, I'm Ooh, picking up from a little drive-by sniff here. Bubbles. Yeah, let's do the old drive-by. Some malty aromas here. Yeah, it is. Interesting malty, too, though. It's like kind of like caramely a little bit on the nose. Um, sweet. Yeah, very sweet. In a very specific way, I'm trying to... Like, it almost smells exactly to me like uh, like sea salt caramel or something like that. Is that, is that. is that right? Sea salt caramel? Or did I make that up? Like I mean, I think, I think it's I salted know. caramel. I okay. don't think... Sea salt's just... You know, yeah. Salted caramel. Okay, I see where you're getting at, um, but it's not that. Is it oh. bad? Is this beer aged? No, if you know what it is, you smell it. Okay. I'd say, I like that. <laughs> it's a very specific smell, but I cannot put my Before finger looking, on it. I'm going to guess this is either a brown ale or an amber ale. I don't think it's going to be like a porter or a stout. I could be wrong, but I'm leaning more towards that kind of those amber colored beers. I'm having a, a real hard a time. Dark. I'm going to do a little swirl test here. Do a covered top. We've got some muffin top glasses here to smell. Mm-hmm. Which have a nice bulbous shape at the top to give us some better aroma. Well, let's go for a taste. Maybe do a it little retro like peanut butter jelly or something. Or... Peanut butter or I'll, do, I'll do the pinch nose test and see how that goes. Peanut butter jelly. Okay, what is this taste? It's mm. like, it's very caramely. I know what you're saying. This to me tastes like when I used to do the extract brewing with the malt syrup every once in a while you'd like you know what does this malt syrup taste like and just take a little taste this is what it tastes like all right i just took a peek at it yeah i gotta um, look at it wow it's a little lighter in color than i would have guessed yeah it's like um it's actually similar to the merton it's yeah. a little bit lighter almost kind of a light kind of looks like peanut butter color hmm. it hasn't really changed my no <laughs> this is really stumping me actually my opinion of the of the aroma it's very unique. It's like, it's it's giving me uh, quite the challenge, like the hubbub here. You said it's a specific taste. Yeah, well, more so on the nose. I can smell it very distinctly. So knowing what you know about <laughs> it, just poured it all over my face. I was like really going for a deep smell, and I like just didn't just poured it all over my top mm. lip. I can also less distinctly on the tongue. It's more um, discreet. Is there, any, excuse me, is there any kind of like a maple? So mm. you're getting closer. Butterscotch? You're getting colder. Farther <laughs> Not maple. Fake syrup. Is it some kind of sugary based substance? Because it's very sweet smelling. It is kind of mapley. It's like reminds me of those maple candies, you know, like that. Oh, yeah. What's another additive that you use to sweeten things? Sugar, corn syrup, molasses, um, to sweet brown things. sugar. No, something else, liquidy. Something li- honey. Yes. Oh, honey. Now take a sniff again. I guess it's okay. That helps. I guess it does kind of have that. Sav- it's like a clove, and it's got that savory. You know, how honey's a little bit savory. Mm. You really can taste the bee vomit. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> The regurgitated bee juice. 
Well, now, mm-hmm. I wonder what kind of style of beer this is. Is this a, uh, just an amber lot? Is this a, or is it a honey, it's a honey Polsch? Wheat? No, Close. not wheat. Honey. White? Wit? Honey, I don't know. Honey, honey. I don't know. It's like lighter. It's not an amber. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? It's, it's is like it? very light in color for an amber. What else would be an, uh, a possibility? A red? Yeah. Ale? It is. A it's honey a red, ale. red ale. Oh, I guess it is kind That's of a red. That's exactly ale. what it is. By George, you've got it. Wow, what geniuses! Wow, only took us some money. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely a rarer style that you don't. Yeah, as what the often. heck? What what is this beer? So Ooh. this is the honeyed one by High Hops Brewing. Oh, that came in. That is relatively. This is from old. Windsor, Colorado. It's oh. brewed and canned there. The honeyed one. This is an American red, as sweet as honey, brewed with nugget hops to add a taste of perfection to the deliciously sweet honeyed flavor. Mm-hmm. This ale will leave you begging for another. There's also a note that says contains no honey. Oh. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> they named it the honeyed one and there's no honey in it? You know, maybe that's why we didn't smell it. <laughs> it pairs well with people, friends, family. The outdoors. What's family? <laughs> Full family. Wait, there's oh. no honey? No. I think it's it must just like... be malt. Well, it's water from the Cache La Padre River. I don't think I said that correctly. No, who's a one? In-house cultured yeast, hops grown on site, and the finest malts. Mm. CBG. High hops. Oh, uh, yes, the finest of malts. Honey really This is ew. all types of beer for... All types of people. Okay. Well, so, not that we would say here that we were wrong in our evaluation. I mean, you weren't so, right. Well, we weren't, I guess, it didn't help us guess what the style or the beer was necessarily, but I think that's another important note about your aromatic evaluation mm-hmm. for beer is to uh, not be afraid to say what you think. And be wrong. And be wrong, yeah. Just say it out. To err is to just be human. Just put it all out there. Just lay it all out. If you're going to be a beer judge, you got to be willing to mm-hmm. to to write out what's coming to mind when you're uh, evaluating a beer's smell. Yeah. So, you know, as I sit here and I just pulled up the uh, you know our podcast stats, just want to take a minute to reflect on how cool it is to have people from far away listen to things like we recently hit the west coast finally uh we got some people up near seattle we've got some people san fran shout out to san fran really blowing up our stats here lately we've got a bunch of people we've got some people in vegas hey good luck all you 49ers fans this is uh playoff season so yep got some people in panama oh that might be Jen's parents. <laughs> Wait, really? Because they're in their Panama right now. So. They're in Panama? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Maybe they, maybe well, hey, Jen's parents. Thanks <laughs> for listening while you're on vacation. While you're on and vacation. if you're not listening, you will never hear this. <laughs> you know, yeah. And can never forget about our friends in, you know, Dublin. Dublin? Brussels. This this German town that's Gladbach. Can't forget that. And we have some people in Sydney. G'day. I think we said that last time, but G'day. it's just fun to watch it. The little dots pop up on the yeah, map we're, to we're see that. Broadening, I love it. 
I just really hope that someone yeah. has like messed with their location on their phones and um, are actually not in these locations. You know, even if you're doing that, that's still pretty cool. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Change your IP address to wherever you want. I don't yeah, care. yeah. My geolocation is Costa Rica. Oh, oh well, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> Cheers to Costa Rica. So How come we don't have any Costa Rican <laughs> listens then? Because they haven't uh, listened. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. Yeah, but if anybody's got a VPN messing with our IP address and making it come from all those, thank you. You're keeping us entertained. <laughs> <laughs> you fooled uh, us. Yep. But uh, what'd you guys learn today? I learned that I need to change my vernacular, vernacular a little bit. Um, instead of saying... Age like a fine red wine. I'll say age like wet cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> age like a fine wet cardboard. Like a slab of soggy cardboard. I think it sounds a little bit more... Uh... A slab of soggy cardboard. Like it. What about you, Lauren? As you're vigorously... I have learned that beer. drive-by smellings are not very effective. Where's your drive buying right now? This I think I'm driving too fast. Hold on. Yeah, Maybe I'll fast. drive slow. Just a nice steady speed. All right, why are you shaking? <laughs> there were a couple bottles. <laughs> nice. Did you learn anything today, Joe? Oh, I think that... Wait, what did I learn? I just was going to say something, and I don't remember what it was. I learned that I have a short memory. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that there's that song by Van Halen called Panama, and that's all I could think about when I... Panama, uh, Panama, uh, 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 Panama. Lovely. I'm taking over your spot. Is the Panadad, Panadad, Panadad. Oh God! Wow, that's such a dad joke that you're not. I don't think you're allowed to say that because you ain't a dad that we know of. You don't know me. Wait, that is by Van Halen, right? Panama, I think it's by Ben Hill. I have no idea. I hope so. That's a misunderstanding. Oh. Otherwise, we're going to no hear from than somebody. Usual. Somebody exactly. will. Ba-bam! <laughs> what was that noise? You zinged yourself. Oh, what? zing. That's the zing noise. Bing <laughs> bong. Bing bong. <laughs> Can't say the rest. Uh, all right. Well, I guess on bing bong, uh, we'll wrap up the episode. And as usual, check us out on social media at East Carolina Beer. On Instagram, East Beer on Twitter, East Carolina Beer and Brewing on Facebook. You can check out our website, EastCarolinaBeer.com. Dot com. Dot com. Recommend the podcast to your friends. Like, subscribe, review. Write us a nice review. We'll read it on the air. Have we gotten any reviews lately? Or we've gotten reviews, but I just don't think anybody's written any comments. Not written. Someday. I'll give you a review. Maybe one day. But we do have... Seven five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. That's always great to see. You know, with some basic math, that's 35 stars. (laughs) (laughs) We've got 35 stars. Don't mean to brag, but we have 35 stars. Michelin stars. Michelin stars. And with that, that wraps us up. Cheers. Cheers.